Hi, this is Mark Tucker. Hi, it's Alan Furstenberg here, and we are Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Welcome, Alan. Welcome, Mark. How are to you doing? To another week. I'm doing fine. <laughs> it's been a week, all right. I, yeah. You know, it's been a pretty good week for me. I'm, yeah. I'm doing okay. Yeah, I've, I'm doing well, too. I had this song stuck in my head uh, all day today, which is kind of a little cheerful, no. happy don't, song. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. No. I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you. I won't tell you. But, <laughs> but if you see me going like this, staring this, then I'm like thinking of the song again. Okay, fair enough. So, hey, some cool stuffs happened out of the Alexa um, side of things, and uh, it's been something that I've done for a while, but I really couldn't talk about, and now I can finally talk about it. No, wait. Really? It's you mean widgets are here? Widgets are here. Amazing. <laughs> there is a lot to <laughs> a lot going on with, with widgets and they're it's generally available. And uh it'll be interesting to see what people start coming up with. Yeah, very cool. So we've talked about it a little bit before, mm -hmm. but let's kind of give a, a quick recap, I guess. Uh what are they and where are they available? Okay. So um Widgets are little you know, UI worth of functionality that hangs out on your Echo Show device. If you have an Echo Show 15, you can pin those to what's called the favorites panel and they can be always available. Um, on older uh, or smaller size screened Echo Show devices, um, there is a, uh, a kind of a swipe out widgets panel that you can get access to them. Um, I don't know all the different uh, devices that support widgets at this point. Echo Show 15, 10, um, 8, probably not 5 at this point. Okay. Um, but uh, you can use them for, for whatever. It could be like a little reminder of, of something, kind of a, a teaser of something that's going on in your skill to, to get somebody back into the, uh, into the functionality of your skill. It could be some... You know, just kind of fun thing that's out there. Like uh, um, I did a magic eight ball uh, <laughs> widget. The skill behind it doesn't really do anything, but the the widget can hang out and you can tap and shake the the, the ball and get some sort of a prediction on, uh, you know, what's, what's going to go on or how help you make a decision um, with what you're doing. Uh, so it, it could, um, you could tap a button on the widget and it could launch your skill. You could tap your button on the widget and have it do something else. Um, uh, you can surface data from outside um, systems uh, on, on on your widget. Um, so there's lots of different things that you can use your widget for. Very cool. So, so, it's, so it's both an input and an output Yes. Uh, and it's passively output. You don't need to do anything and it'll do stuff. It'll update the screen. Yes. Very cool. Okay. So now the big question. As developers, how do we do it? Oh, um, there's, a, there's a lot to it. Um, but maybe the first thing that I want to uh, make sure that you understand is that a widget is always associated with a skill. Okay. Um, so... You know, in the case of uh, the show widgets that I've got, there, there's, you know, you would launch the skill and it would say, "Hey, go use the widgets on your Echo device." Um, so the so, skill doesn't necessarily have to do anything, but it has to be there. That's kind of the package deployment mechanism for for widgets that has to be associated with a with a skill. Okay, 
and you can have up to five widgets per skill. Okay. When, when you say you can have up to five widgets per skill, you, the user, as a developer, the developer, okay. As a developer, you could, you could package up five different widgets or five versions of a widget um, with your skill and they can get deployed at the same time. Okay. And then there's a widget gallery where you can go and you can see the list of all the different widgets that are available. I think it's currently in the forties is the number of widgets that are available. And, uh, you know, if you've got multiple widgets in your skill, then they just show up. They don't have to go looking for them right now. It's just one master list. And you don't even have to have, this, have used the skill before. And so that could be a discovery, a way of discovering okay, uh, so skill that, functionality by going through the, the widget. Um, so so that's pricing. interesting. I know yeah. when we talked about this last time, we kind of, I, I expressed a concern that that wasn't going to scale. Have they improved that uh, from the look on your face? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I haven't seen anything yet. And, I, and I, you know, it's not like I'm going to hear when they're going to modify that. But at some point, you know, if we were to, if uh, Alexa developers were to run out and start making uh, widgets for their skills, I could easily see in a matter of a few months where you could have 100 widgets and at what point does the current... Uh, does that screen start getting really clogged? Yeah. So um, you can define metadata that goes along with your widget. So there's there's an, an image, kind of almost like a screenshot of your widget. Um, give it a name, give it a description, some keywords. So there is some hint at the ability to be able to maybe search by keyword. Um, so that will that will be interesting to, to see where that progresses. Okay. Um, and I know when we talked about it last time, you kind of said that uh, at the time you couldn't talk, there were things you couldn't talk about. Yeah. Um, but you said one of the things you could was that widgets were essentially APL. Yes. So the, so the, the UI for your widget is APL. Um, there are some, some, um, I guess differences to it, just some slight differences. For example, they don't want you to show videos in your widget. So video functionality, video player functionality is not available on widgets. Um, they've created some additional, um, th there's a standard pager control where you can have a page of information and then swipe um, to get to the next page. They've added a couple of different uh, additional controls that are you know kind of pager-like that have a, sp a specific kind of swipe functionality or zoom in functionality that matches kind of the the aesthetic of what they they've built for uh, widgets so so you can use those new uh, components so there's it, it's it, you know it's pretty much the APL that you know and love or are about oh. to learn right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, with with just a few small uh, caveats on some things that are slightly different or things that aren't supported in the in the case where that APL is hosted as a widget. Um, and typically, because a widget is like less functionality than maybe a full blown APL, uh, typically I keep it separate from the APL that is that would be available inside of the skill. So I've got okay. my skill APL and I've got my APL. That's uh, that's for my widget, and I keep those separate. That makes sense. Um, and certainly, I mean, you can, you know, do something like, you know, if if they 
they touch the widget, then it opens up the full skill, correct? Yeah. Then it invokes the skill. Okay. Yeah. And brings up the, the full APL page. So so that's a good way to, you know, uh note, you know, serve as a notification, for example, that there's a new video. But when they exactly. touch it, then the the video then it opens up and the video starts playing. Yeah. Okay. So so that makes a lot of sense. Um so for people familiar with developing skills already, I, I guess what's what's different here? Because APL is APL. Yeah. What's, what um, are the new bits? What's what's the new stuff to what are you gonna have to learn new to add widgets to your skill? Is that is that the part is that kind of the question you're asking or not not quite, but let's start with that, sure. Okay. So um when you Kind of to, to recap, when you're deploying a skill, you've got the language model. That's like, these are the things that you can say. You've got the skill manifest, which defines the information about um, how the, how does this get surfaced in the, in the skill store? So this is the name of the skill, and this is the description and some keywords that go along with it. Plus, you can put it in a specific category. Um, so, and, and then some different settings as far as uh, which permissions your skill is going to use. So that's all part of the skill skill manifest. And then you've got your code. So you deploy, you build and deploy your language model. You deploy your, your, you know, your skill information to the Alexa console and you deploy your code at some webhook endpoint, or, you know, it could be, you know, Hosted wherever. Typically, mm -hmm. if it's Alexa and you're and it's only Alexa, it's going to be uh, Lambda. So those are kind of the main portions. The things that you're going to need to add to that is there is a separate manifest for the widget itself. Okay. So that's going to tell you, you know, like, what's the name of the widget? What's the keywords? Here's the description. Where um, where is the APL document that is the widget? Um, Oh, and, that's interesting. So, so your skill doesn't actually return that APL document. That's a document that that needs to be defined and is is specified in the manifest. Yeah. So you define where okay. where yeah. So, um, yeah. In the case of uh, of a typical skill, you you would you launch your skill, and then the launch event would say some sort of a welcome message, and a, you'd send a directive back saying, "Here's the APL document to show at the same time that you're talking about, you know, welcome." Um, but a widget is is different because you can install um, install and uninstall a widget, you know, at any point, um, right? Without invoking the skill. Without invoking the skill, so it is a it's a different experience. It's hosted. It's in essence when you deploy it, it's going to be deployed someplace else. Okay. So, so that's the first thing is that you need to. Well, well, the first thing is you kind of need to figure out why you want to create a widget, right? What's <laughs> what's the functionality? But let's assume that you've done that. You've got a great idea. This is a perfect use case for for a widget. And so now you create your manifest for your widget, and you create your APL page that goes along with um, with that widget APL. Right. So the UI. Okay. Um, now there's the document and there's also the um the data or and this is the same in this case, this is the same for both, whether it's APL for your skill or APL for a widget. You can separate it, like text, 
you can make have a separate file that has uh, it's just a JSON file that has key value pairs, arrays, mm -hmm. and you can put values in there. You could do that because if you know maybe you want to localize this and have one file for one language, another file for another language, or maybe you just want to build and do some basic data binding. Um, but but that data is static. Um, is it is it static across all? users of your widget or does each yes okay yeah so so the, i guess what the point i'm trying to make is is that there is a there is a way in apl before widgets happen that you could separate your document with with your data that's right. still that's still available um for widgets okay um, so you still have that separation and it and it solves a very specific purpose which is just separating out your data from from you know from the you know code so you can reuse you change the data reuse it different things mm -hmm. like that um but there are some additional ways in APL to create like dynamic json that's not available for widgets there's a whole other data source feature okay that is specifically widgets that's that's api based primarily okay so this is the exciting part to me, I think. Yes. And th this is what they refer to as so 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 in a skill if you're if you're launching an APL page, you can just include an additional you can include multiple data documents. Yeah. And those get read in and those can be dynamic because your skill can dynamically create JSON. But you don't have that part of it for a widget you do have this thing they call the data store. Yes. Okay. This sounds really cool to me. So let's talk about the data store. So kind of in some way, think about the data store as a cache on your device, kind of like a browser cache. So there is an API where you can send specific commands Things like I'm adding a value, or I'm setting a an object property, or I'm updating a list now, of values. When we say API, we mean like a web API that any service can call. This yes, is, this is not something that is inside APL. This is you can call it from uh, you know a Node.js server. You can call it from if you've got something running Python or Java or whatever. Yep. If you got some like, uh, I don't know, like you're a restaurant and you've got some order management system and you want to be able to like give somebody an update as their pizza is being made, some other system, you could do that. Now, um, this, this data... When you when you call this API, so this API, like you said, could be called from some other backend system. This data, could, this API, could also be called from your skill. So you could be doing something in your skill, and it could cause something to update in your widget as well. There's okay. right. You could um, like if you were to you could have, open up your skill and you could say you know set my background to red, and it could then send a. a an API call setting the key of widget background color to a value of red and your widget could be listening for those changes. And because you've data bind 
you've done used data binding to bind to that data store in your document, then it will just update. And it's just, it, it, since it's been data bound, then whenever the value behind the scene changes, then the data binding gets updated and it will change your background color to red on your widget. I feel like this is one of the things about APL that is probably its most powerful feature that is least well understood because there are so few, it, it's, it's different enough from how core HTML, JS, CSS technology works. But if you're used to things like React or yeah. other reactive components like Vue, um, yeah, like just, spa, some sort of spa framework, then it's yeah, very right. much like that. You're you're just changing a value somewhere, and suddenly wherever that value got used, it changes, and that's you know, and you don't you think about it. It just everything that depended on this value, yep, suddenly is now on this new value. Um, and one of the elements I, you know, that, that I related to a lot is using Firestore mm -hmm. or the Firebase real-time database. You know, when you're listening for, for update events, you can go change that database somewhere else. And every client that is listening to that change suddenly gets the update and can react to it. The big difference here is that it, it, a, the widget APL combines those two notions into one. So I've got, you know, uh, you know, a, a, you know, something that change, you know, that's updating uh, the data store, and it just gets reflected on my screen automatically. Right, and that's that's disturbingly powerful. <laughs> well, and and that. The fact that it could be some other system, you could have periodically things happening and then something happens with the system and you call this API and say, I'm updating this data. And now what you're really saying is I'm updating this skill for this particular data store, which could be an object which has a value and the value is data bound. So you could get, you can get really specific. Now, you know, the the question is, is like, when I call this API, how does it know? Because really, in the end, think about it, sending this information from your backend system all the way reaching down to your device yeah, and saying, here's this little tiny database cache on your device that's for this skill. Oh, we can name multiple of these little database caches. And so now I want you to reach into this specific one and then you can make an update. Now, what's interesting is that you can update that value. Well, there's two ways of doing it. You can say, I, I want to update this for the user. So then it actually looks down and says, what are all, because I can have multiple devices that have right. the same widget installed and it's right. going to say, oh, for this user, how many, what are, what are the widgets that are installed for this skill for this user? And it goes and updates those or if you want it if there is a way that you when you call your update you could say i want to update a very specific instance of my widget so oh, you could cool. actually okay. go to a specific device um it's not really a well-known fact but you can install the same widget multiple times on the same device 
So you could technically update one of those two widgets to a specific value. Right. Okay. And this actually gets to a similar, I guess, a related. Oh, let me, let, so the data store is awesome. I think this is one of the biggest things about widgets, like I said. And in fact, it really kind of bothers me that there's not an equivalent feature for a skill. There, there there's not, but um, I don't know. Some conversations uh, and channels I've been in, I've thought, well, could we not use it for a skill? What do you mean? I, you, huh? you should try it. I uh, okay. I, 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 they're not saying that you cannot not use it. <laughs> or... Okay. So yeah. Because so... I mean, one one of the things that I tried doing at one point was because you can send back another. You know, you can send back uh, like a, a data directive normally, mm -hmm. but you can only send back a data directive if you also are sending a APL document directive. Mm -hmm. I really just want to send back a data directive and keep the same document on the screen. I don't need to reload the document. I just want to rebind some data. And it sounds like you're hinting and I may be able to do so. It's it's uh, undocument, undocumented and it's been untried um, <laughs> as far as I know. Okay. But there were some theoretical conversations that uh, it's they're not locking it down so you can't, or at least they didn't a couple of months ago when I was talking to this person. So okay, um, so <clears throat> you heard it here. Something to try. Something you're kind of interesting. You might want to try out and see what see what happens. Okay, but so the previous conversation also um, kind of raised another point. You can you can install the same widget multiple times on one device. Mm -hmm. And on the surface, that doesn't seem like there are too many uses for that. Yeah. But can you configure each one to behave slightly differently? Like, for example, and, and this would be the hypothetical example I'd come yeah. up with. If I had a um, a stock ticker widget mm -hmm. where it showed me the, the current price and whether it's up and down on the day, I might want three or four of those if I'm following three or four different stocks. Yeah. But I'd want some way to configure each one so they're different. Yes. So there, there's, there are two strategies that you can do for that. Um, uh, the oh, the weather skill that I'm using. Um, weather is another great example. Again, you, you want to has, the location. Has a, is using a pager. And so you can have two pages on that widget that are two different locations. So that's that's one, and that might be the okay. easier way to solve this, because there's only like on your Echo Show 15, there's only so many spots that you've got a widget, so there'd have to be like a really good reason why you would want to have multiple widgets. Well, you know, like I said, if I wanted, if, but, well, I mean, I can think of a bunch of reasons. You know, yeah. if I want a a world clock equivalent, so yeah. that not only do I see the time here, but I also see the time in Arizona. Yep. And I see the time, you know, for, you know, Europe, because those are, you know, um, 
So that that's one, you know, or whatever time zone I want. I just want widgets to show me, you know, to have a bunch of time zones if I'm willing to sacrifice that real estate. Or yeah. same thing for weather. Same thing for I want, you know, to show multiple stocks and not have them flipping between them. I just want, you know, to see these widgets with these three stocks. Yeah, sure, I've always thought it would... my screen. I don't care. Yeah, I always thought it would be interesting because it's a like it's a uh, two rows, three columns. What if you were to take each of those? You know how you kind of like you can do a, like a multi-monitor display and have something go across multiple monitors. Mm -hmm. I always thought it would be interesting if you could have multiple widgets and each of them have assigned. Okay, this is number one, number two, number three, number you know, whatever, and you can configure them and then. When it updates, it would update all of them, but you could see a different portion of a bigger picture or something. I don't know. Oh, what, yes. What it would be. No, I got yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm just like, or or like, I don't. Know, I thought it would be cool. Like you could have multiple widgets that would be different uh, UIs from like the Star Trek computer, right? And then you could put those widgets together and kind of make a bigger dashboard. But they, you know, one of them is showing the the um the starship like rotating three uh, 360 degrees showing different you know diagnostic stuff that's happening another one's like uh the warp drive uh you know power fluctuation i don't mm -hmm. know but you could you could kind of have if you know if, if that's you wanted to have a little ambience for your thing you know why not you could yeah. do multiple, multiple widgets of different things okay so to get how would we configure how would we configure identical widgets to show different things. So there's a couple of different ideas that I've had about that is that when you install a widget, you get a specific instance ID and the okay. widget knows what that instance ID is. So you could surface that or a proxy ID for that. Right. So my idea was to use colors or something like that. So, um, or colors and numbers. So like if it was on one device, it would be like, Red one, I don't know. I guess I was thinking of Star Wars, like you know, <laughs> gold two, whatever. We're flipping right. between Star Trek and Star Wars. Here, I know, so. <laughs> I know. I'm flexible. I love them both. Um, so there could be some way that each widget, when it gets installed, gets a an ID, and then when you go into whatever your, it could be a mobile app that configures it, a web app. It could be your skill. You could use that ID. And then it would do the conversion to what the the specific instance ID was for your your widget, and then it could then send that just to that. Um, okay, Can, so that's that's one option. So okay, what what's another thought on this? Um, so the other thought is that you could um, when you're on the widget because the the widget knows what its ID is, you could hit a button which would open up your skill, it could pass that ID to it. So you could like, there could be like a gear configure. So then when you go into the skill launches up, you see a screen that's now specific about settings for that instance of your, of your that, widget. That seems like it makes the most sense. Yeah. At least for, for most use cases. Okay. Once again, I have not seen anybody do this yet, but I, there, I've got lots of ideas. About how to do this, but yeah, I, I hear you on lots of ideas. You know, I you know, and I, I'll be honest, I'm hopeful that we do see widgets at least get some adoption because I yeah. you know, it's this notion of ambient information, you know, providing ambient information uh, that I think is kind of 
powerful and important. Yep. And this is a good way to do so, or could be a good way to do so. Yeah. So what else do we need to know about widgets? Oh, let's see. So we talked about the manifest. We talked about the uh, APL. We've and we talked, talked about the data store. We talked about the data store. We talked about new components. Talked about there are some APL limitations depending on if it's going to be surfaced in a widget or not. Commands like send event. Send event is the primary way that your APL talks to your skill backend. Okay. Um, and so there's something that's been changed because there there might be a situation where you want to tap a button on your widget that says launch or something like that. So you want to launch the skill experience. So that would be kind of what you would think your typical um, experience would, would be. And so you would use a send event command in your APL for your widget to do that. There is an additional property that you set. And I think one's called standard and the other one is called inline. So standard means you want, you want the widget to do something that kind of takes you out of the widget experience and takes you into a skill. Launch, so, it, it takes it takes over the screen. It takes over the screen. It launches the screen, right? Okay. So then, and you know, there's ways that you can process that and like um, treat that just like an intent um, or know how to process it, you know, process the user event on the, on the skill side of things and call the launch, you know, handler or whatever. So, so there's that. Um, but sometimes you might want to tap something on the screen and you might want to send information back to the skill because the skill backend is also the backend for your widget as far as processing goes mm -hmm. um, without leaving the widget. So like my uh, case with that is the magic eight ball. I want to tap the magic eight ball. Um, now the list of item of, of uh, you know, kind of predictions or, you know, comments that happen that's really just baked into the APL. So there's really no reason to go back to the back end, except for I want to catch um, analytics. I want to okay. I want to know how many times somebody has tapped, you know, uh -huh. the, uh, has tapped the button or sh you know shaken the 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 ball or whatever. So I use the other type, the inline type of send events, and it still sends it to the back end. The back end kind of just you know handles it like um, the backend does, it gets a request, it doesn't process any, it gives a result, right? So at that point, it uh, figures out what the, the command was and, and writes it out to analytics. Um, in this case, BigQuery, so that we could, you know, and figure we, out what's what's going we, on. So the results that it sends back, what, it, how, what process is that on the receiving side? So a, a handler. So there's there's a handler in your skill. There's handlers that are intent handlers. Okay. And um, no, 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 not on the service on the on the APL side. Oh, sorry. So what happened? What what was your question about the APL? So, so your your skill handler on the server side. Yes. What can it return back that your APL can now do something with? And how does it, how does it, that happen? So it can't. Oh, okay. It can't. It, it's a it's a you know kind of a no response okay can it can it can it send an execute command command isn't that something no. skills can do no it's kind of a, it's kind of a one-way fire and forget if you want if you want to respond to something in that case 
then that's where you use the data store API. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and we didn't we didn't talk about what was the magic that wired up. How did the API know that it's sending it to a specific skill? Because if you go into your uh, Alexa console um, in your settings, there's a spot where there's an elect there's like a a client ID and a secret that's for your skill, and so you have to bake that into your your skill. Well you know, environment variables, but those, there's two API calls that you have to actually make to use this data store API. The first one is an authentication where it uses that client ID in secret to get a token. And then you can make a call with the token with some, you know, JSON that's the specific commands as far as updating, um, you know, you know, commands for adding or you know updating things in the in the data store itself, and so then that's that's how it knows, you know, and that and you could use those same client ID and secrets in some other backend system that makes those same API calls, and that's how it knows to that it's going to call. So basically, it's calling some API that um, Amazon's hosting, and it can resolve then how to talk to your specific device and sends that down to your device. Okay. So is there anything else we need to know about building widgets? Oh, other than once once it's built, um, you can use the developer console to you know kind of push a version of it down to your device to kind of play around with it and test it out. And then when you actually, um, you just do the normal certification process for certifying a skill and then any widgets that the skill has goes through that process probably takes a little bit longer if it's got widgets or at least in, in initially it will and then once the the skill's been deployed you know officially published then you should be able to go right into your widget gallery and find the widgets that went along with your skill okay should be, should be open to everybody so it's very exciting sounding yeah there's there's lots um a lot of exciting things to do you know it was fun Months ago, when I fairly first got access to it, and there's quite the learning curve, and things have been have gotten easier, um, and things have changed. So I've, I've, I've got to you know update some of my code um, at some point when I publish new new changes to it. But um, so it was really fun to do it, and uh, I think there's lots lots of uh, different ideas of how people um, I, can use it. I have so many ideas that I really wish I had time to work on any of them. It's <laughs> really, I mean, it, it, it's on, they're on my to-do list, but there's so many items on my to-do list these days. It's, it's absurd. <laughs> yes. It, it is a little crazy. <laughs> um, but, you know, I would love to hear what some people are are thinking to do with, with these widgets. Um, you know, and as always, you can reach out to us on, on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, comments below. Um, we're also, you can find both of us on the Alexa Slack. Yep. And we'd love to hear what you're talking about. Yeah. And if you got some questions, you're kind of like stuck or you're like, some, it, it takes a little while to wrap your head around these different concepts. Um, so if you're new at it and just trying out widgets for the first time, you can usually find me on Twitter. Just uh, ask questions and I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can and uh, see if I can help you get unstuck.
And as always, we're going to be talking about this more, I have a funny feeling, on yes. another episode of Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, Alan. Hey, you too, Mark. Thanks for sharing all this. You're welcome.